Hello everybody and welcome to Malavision. It's the podcast which gives you the voice and the vision to be heard, allowing you to share your story in a judge-free zone. The conversations are endless and the sky's the limit. And welcome. Hello and welcome to Malavision, the podcast that gives you the vision and the voice to be heard. And today I'm joined by Michelle from um, Basis, a charity in Essex. So, Michelle, can you tell me a bit more about your charity? Yes, of course. Thanks for having me. Um, So, BASIS stands for the Blind and Sight Impaired Society. We're based in South Essex and we support people um, who are experiencing sight loss and their families and carers across the county. Um, We do this by trying to reduce uh, feelings of isolation and increase confidence and promote independent living. Um, we've got a big wide range of services, which I, I'm happy to tell you all about. <laughs> so what's one of the main services that you look after? So I'm the manager overseeing almost everything that we do here, but we've got a team of people that provide um, information and advice out in the community. So they go out to people at home who are either recently diagnosed with an eye condition or um, their site has deteriorated recently. And we go through a range of different things around assistive equipment that we can demonstrate to them. Um, We provide emotional support and we run activity groups, things for people to come along to where they can be around their peers and try new activities. And we also offer befriending services where we match a sighted volunteer with someone who's experiencing sight loss. and that can take lots of different forms. It can be face-to-face, um, going to someone's home to offer some companionship for some of our older members, or it can be helping taking somebody along to the local swimming pool or gym um, or out for a coffee or to the pub, lots of different things. How much does your area um, range from? Is it just in Essex or do you sort of expand out? It is only really in Essex. So Essex is actually quite fortunate that there are four sight loss societies um, covering the whole county uh, because it's a really big county. And we look after the south of the county, so towns like Basildon and Rochford and Castle Point and Thurrock. Um, So we work closely with sight loss organisations nationally, but we are just a small local organisation. So why did you set up the charity organisation? Um, I wasn't actually the founder. Um, It's existed for 25 years. It's actually our 25th anniversary this year. Um, It was originally started by two groups that existed in Basildon in Essex that were running things like coffee mornings for visually impaired people. And they identified that there was a need, um, you know, for people to be represented better from the VI community, um, for them to have their needs met. uh, And they founded this resource centre in our town in Basildon where people can come. That's kind of our central hub where we demonstrate equipment and run some of our groups from. Um, So, yeah, it's been going for 25 years. What's the most rewarding thing that you've witnessed, whether that's somebody who came to you with not much confidence and then came to you with quite a lot of confidence and then came back with quite a lot of confidence? Is there any sort of like stories that you have? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I could tell a story every day, really, of all the different people that we meet and the journey that they're on. Um, 
just last week, uh, there's a lady that um, has started coming along to a session that we run on a Wednesday morning, um, and she has developed macular degeneration, and she's told us that she was told by consultants at the hospital that she was losing her sight and pretty much sent off home on her merry way with that information. And she went home and thought to herself, well, this is it. I'm going to go completely blind. I live on my own. That's the, you know, life is over for me. I've got nothing to look forward to, don't know who to turn to. And she got put in touch with our services. And just last week, she was saying that this has been an absolute lifeline to her to come along and meet other people living with macular degeneration to discover that she probably won't entirely lose her sight and that there are things there that can be put in place as her sight deteriorates to help her remain independent. And she was really emotional, you know, telling us that this has given her a reason to carry on and believe that there's life after sight loss. So she's a really good example of an older person that we've helped just recently. Um, but yeah, I could go on and on. We've got a real range of age groups as well. We don't just support older people. Um, got a lot of people that are working age and young people and children as well. So what's the youngest you support and sort of the oldest you go up to? <laughs> wow. Well, the youngest probably at the moment, and um, there's a little girl that attends the primary school next door to where we're based. Um, and her, she's got a teaching assistant assigned to her, and we've been teaching Braille to that teaching assistant um, and sort of providing some support to her mum and dad, and she's only six years old, so she's probably one of our youngest. And then we've got a lady called Helen who comes to our group on a Wednesday who's going to be 100 in December. Wow. <laughs> That's a good range of, yeah. And she's inspirational. She's still up, sort of jigging about and totally mobile, lots of interesting stories to tell. Um, yeah, and she's not letting sight loss get in her way at all. She's remarkable. Do you think that's important? Because quite a lot of people with sight loss, I mean, I really struggle. It's really hard. But Mm. do you think that's something that you guys try to change? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a case of listening to the person first and finding out what their biggest challenges are. Um, sometimes they're not ready to to be told that everything's going to be okay and you know you have to let people's journey take its own course but we make sure that they've got all the information and support that they need right at the beginning even if they're not quite ready to accept it yet and then we normally find that over time we can trickle in with different levels of support be it showing them an app on their phone that might make a really significant difference to them to be able to read their post, for example, or we manage to persuade them to come and join a group where they meet others and get out and about. Um, yeah, and everybody, as you know from your own experience, I imagine everybody's got a different set of, you know, a different story to tell about their sight loss and no two people seem to be the same, but there's always something. It's finding that something that can give people that reason to, you know, be positive. It sounds like you've, you know, done an amazing job with, you know, you know, with these groups and things. Is this something you always wanted to do, go into charity work and things? Yeah, I mean, my background wasn't working in charity sector particularly, but a few of my family members did work for other charities that sort of inspired me to want to make a difference. And I've basically learned a massive amount about living with sight loss and all the different things that are out there to support as I've gone along. I've been here for six years now um, and it's been a learning journey for me as well and I've been really inspired by the people I've met 
um, you know, I've learned and they've taught me. So do, do you, are you affected by sight loss? Is anyone in your family? Um, no, not directly, in fact. It was more that I was local to this area and saw all the good work that the charity was doing. Um, so when the opportunity came to get involved, that was what drew me to it. Um, and I've been here ever since. <laughs> it's such a worthwhile cause. Um, and there's such a big population of people with sight loss in Essex. There's uh, nearly 60,000 people um, on the register with sight loss in this county. Um, and we're supporting about a 1,000 of them. So as you can see, there's a lot more people we could be reaching out to. Um, if we could grow our capacity but that's always a challenge as a charity. So what's the process if somebody wants to get involved um, in becoming a sort of if they're you know if they've got sight loss and they want to Mm. become a part how what how how do they do it? Well there's lots of different ways people are uh, free to refer themselves to us just with a phone call um, or an email or visiting our website um, get in touch and tell us, you know, a little bit about yourself and how we might be able to help. Um, otherwise, if you're visiting a local eye clinic or your GP, you can ask about our services and they can do a professional referral into us. Um, but on the whole, it's usually someone reaching out, a family member or the person themselves, um, and we get the ball rolling really with a chat on the phone. We might decide to come and do a home visit if that's needed. Um, if people can't necessarily get into us at our resource centre. Uh, and then we just establish what's needed and build up the support from there. And quite a lot of people are probably thinking, well, yeah, I guess I can, but referral, that means waiting lists. So, mm. do, so one, do you have a waiting list? And if so, how do you combat the waiting list times? Do you have quite a long waiting mm. list if you do have one anyway? So the good thing is about being a small sort of standalone charity, we're not part of the NHS as such and we're not part of a larger national organisation. So we are able to manage our capacity really well. So although we're only sort of four part-time staff, um, we don't have a waiting list. We're able to make contact with people within a week or two of first hearing from them. We've usually met with them within that time. Um, so we're a really good, almost like an emergency service because a lot of the NHS facilities have got long wait lists, particularly since COVID. Um, you might know yourself, but the wait for a low vision appointment in this area is currently four months and rehabilitation services can be up to sort of six months. So in that interim period while people are waiting, we can provide so much support almost immediately um, if you're in this sort of local area. So that's the beauty of our service, really. And do you find that quite a lot of people come to you with sort of, um, you know, depression and things because the NHS waiting lists are so long and they haven't got the support they deserve with their sight loss? Yes, absolutely. And that's the really difficult part of our job is that, you know, there are some people who have reported to us that if it wasn't for the waiting list, they would have had earlier interventions with things like the injections that you can have for macular degeneration, um, various surgeries and you know, uh, drops and things for glaucoma that could manage pressure levels that have been delayed um, and that has led to a deterioration in people's sight that might have been avoidable 
um, and that's without even considering the sort of mental health aspects of being left waiting, not quite knowing what the future holds for your site. Um, it has had a big impact on people, lots of cases of anxiety, people's confidence has diminished where they've not been able to get out and about, you know, during COVID as well. Um, so, yes, it's a big part of our work is building people's confidence back up um, and helping them come to terms with the fact that their site might well have deteriorated more slowly if they'd been seen quicker. Have you ever been affected by mental health? Um, I think in the ways that many of us are with the current pressures of modern life, um, we've all had various things, haven't we, that affect us. I've never sort of had any clinical issues with mental health, but I think just the general ups and downs and the anxiety that modern life brings, I can relate to it, yes. (laughs) So what would be your one piece of advice to anybody who is living with sight loss and you know, need support who is in the local area to Essex? I think if you're feeling ready, just reach out to a site loss society like Basis or one of the other ones locally to you in the knowledge that people there fully understand what you're going through. Many of the people involved have got lived experience. I, I haven't, but I've worked here a long time and learned an awful lot. So if you reach out to us, we will do everything in our power to find things that can help you through um, some of the challenges you're facing, whether they're practical things or emotional things. There is always something that we can help with. So we would just encourage you to reach out to us, definitely. So could you help us with your um, website, social media's email address? Yeah, so our website is basissouthessex.org. So that can, and if you Google blind and sight impaired society, that's our full name that brings you to the website. Um, our telephone number is 01268 522 817. And we are on Facebook as the Blind and Sight Impaired Society. Yeah, we're, we're not quite as groovy as some of you uh, podcast listeners probably are with um, Instagram and TikTok, but that's my next project. <laughs> Well, I think Instagram TikTok is such an amazing tool. You can get so, you know, it's so amazing for businesses, isn't it? You know, I'm sure you've Mm. seen that the the amount of things, the power that social media has is quite amazing. No, it's incredible. And I think it's the key to us reaching a wider audience, particularly of younger people living with sight loss. Um, I think because our demographic is quite, sort of heavy towards the over 65 um facebook is sort of the the extent of a lot of their experience of the internet but i think for reaching out to younger working age people it's definitely the way to go definitely and do you know thank you so much for coming on and talking about basis and talking about yourself but one thing i will say which ask every podcast guest is if you could tell your teenage self one thing what would you tell them and why oh well um i would say take every opportunity um life goes by fast and just be kind (laughs) there's always something you can do to help other people along the way thank you 
thank you so much and if anybody would like to find out more about basis you can visit basissouthessex.org and if you've been affected by mental health or this has triggered you to get support you can visit www.centerformentalhealth.org or you can visit papyrus-uk.org or if you are under 25 you can visit youngminds.org or themix.org thank you so much michelle for joining and I wish you all the best with Basis. Thank you for having me.